0: one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Do people say stuff like
1: that? I apologize for more. Are you kidding me?
2: Let's all do baptism, and I have a little pool
0: here, and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No. Baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Christian education does not mean Christian... Salvation. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday. Prepare to meet Tash from a Christian home, attending a Christian school, but these days, a whole lot more postmodern. Why is there something instead of nothing?
3: Ooh, why is there something instead of nothing? Because that's how it was made. And we just got to
2: accept that fact. All right. The universe was made. Who made it? Uh, the most high. And who is that? Uh,
3: that's whoever you want it to be. You know, I'm not going to tell you who you think it is. But in my eyes, it's just the most powerful, the most high, the one
2: who put us all here. Did you just tell me I can believe the most high is anything I want it to be? I mean... I'm not here to
3: make your decisions for you. So if you want to believe the most highs, whatever, go
2: for it. <laughs> right. I think you are the most high. Am I correct? You're not correct. <laughs> okay. So I can't believe anything is the most high. I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just be wrong. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you're willing to, okay. So if I said to you, uh, that garbage can over there is the most high, you'd be willing to say, dude, you're wrong. Uh, I wouldn't make a comment on it because it's not something I care about that much. I'm a Christian, so let's just say I said, I think the most high is Jesus Christ. Okay. Would you tell me I'm wrong? Uh, I wouldn't. Would you tell me I'm right? I wouldn't. Hmm. So I'm, g- I'm going to try to make a truth claim mm-hmm. that will either be true or false. Okay. Jesus is God. True or false. Yeah, that depends
3: on how you look at it. If it's you, it's true. You know what I'm saying? In my eyes, it's not about what you believe is the person you are. If you're morally doing the right things, you understand what's right from wrong.
2: Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. True or false? True. George Washington was the first president of the United States. True or false? True. Jesus Christ is God. True or false? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> All right, so let me just ask you a question then, on a, on a personal level. Okay the story of christ and christianity do you know what it is
3: no i don't i mean i went to a like a christian school for a little bit and we were taught like
2: the basic things how many years did you go to that school uh a lot. <laughs> and they didn't tell you the story of Jesus Christ? I mean, they did,
3: but like, that's where I chose to not listen because.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let me see if you'll just lend me your ear for just a moment and see if this rings a bell. And then I'm going to ask you one last time if it's true or not. So just prepare yourself for it. Okay. All, right? all right? Here's what I intuit right. I see a bunch of stuff. There's a stuff maker. Mm-hmm. I've got a conscience, that little courtroom in my brain that says, I have not been a good boy. I've done bad things. And I've got a concern about the afterlife, that when I die, things aren't looking up for me because I haven't lived the way that I know that I should have been living. Are you tracking with me so far? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So God, according to the Bible, is the unmoved mover. He's the one who created everything. You and me, your eyes, those plants, everything. He created everything. So he has ownership rights within and, the bible. That's correct. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just sharing with you what the bible says. Okay, yeah. So he's got ownership rights on you and me and everybody here on campus, okay. everywhere on the globe. He owns everything. And God in a sense, is like our earthly court system because he is just and he is righteous. He's going to judge everybody for their law breaking. So the question is, what are God's laws? Do you remember that from going to Christian school? No. Let's 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 just call it the Ten Commandments, right? Okay. Right. So here's my question for you, and I want to say this right, Tash, right? Tash. Tash with the All right. Tash, have you ever? told a lie. Yes. Stolen anything? Yes. Looked at a woman with lust? Yes. Taken God's name in vain, used his name lowly, OMG to express disgust or anger? Yes. All right. Okay, so I just went through I think four commandments. Can I ask you some? Yes, sir. Have you done the same? Oh. As- Dude, I got you whooped. I'm sure I've told more lies than you. I'm sure I've looked with I, all of it. I've, I have absolutely- You are a little bit older than me. <laughs> just a touch. Regardless, I, I, I have no problem admitting that because I know it's true. Sure. So now the question is, you die, I die. Mm-hmm. We are taken into God's courtroom. Okay. He's sitting on the bench. The books are open on Taj's life and he knows everything. I mean the stuff you don't want your parents to know, <laughs> stuff you don't want anybody on campus to know, Relax. your thought life. He's got it recorded. So now he's just and he's righteous mm-hmm. and he doesn't like law breaking. And because he is just, he must punish lawbreakers. Tash, would God find you innocent or guilty? Uh, he would find me guilty. So if God is just, what should God do with you? Should he send you to heaven? Or should he send you to hell
3: uh, well i mean it, i hope they serve beer in hell
2: well <laughs> according to the bible they don't <laughs> you know? in fact it describes that it's thirst i don't know if you've ever seen somebody like not having water for days and weeks your tongue swells up sticks to the roof it, it's really horrible
3: it can't be good yeah
2: you know, so there's not not even a drop of water for you in hell yeah. so the question though that you evaded was uh uh-huh. are you going there I mean,
3: I implied I was, I mean, yeah, if, if that, was a, that was a case, I would be going.
2: <laughs> All right, now I'm going to dip back into your Christian school upbringing. Okay, okay. What did God do so that sinners like you and me don't have to go to hell? What did he do so that your court case could be dismissed?
3: Uh, I mean, I guess forgive them, like forgave
2: okay that's kind of in there but here's but here's the problem though all right let's just say you're you get hauled into a court here on earth you're guilty the judge knows it you are going down and the judge just says but i'm going to let him go he wouldn't be a just judge would he he'd be unjust because he's not upholding the laws Mm -hmm. correct correct so if god just forgives he'd be unjust and he he's not unjust Mm -hmm. so we need a mechanism You've got a fine. It's got to be paid. Who paid your fine, Taj? Me. How? I work for it. How? I work at a job. Yeah, but who's going to pay your fine to God? To God? Yeah. What's the fine? Hell. I guess me. (laughs) How are you going to get your court case dismissed? You've got a debt to God. How are you going to pay it? I guess I'm going to have to do some time. You'd have to do some time, and that is our problem. We'd have to do time, and it's an eternity in hell. All right, so I'll tell you, and then here's I'm gonna ask you that truth question. Jesus Christ claimed to be God, so fully human, fully God. He came to this earth to keep all of the laws because you and I can't, Mm -hmm. and then he was beaten by men. He was hung on a cross. He was receiving the wrath of God on himself, even though He committed no sins because there was something happening on the cross. God was satisfying his wrath by pouring out his punishment on Jesus Christ so that sinners could be forgiven, so that if sinners will repent, put their trust in Jesus Christ, God will forgive all of their sins, and he will credit all of the goodness that Jesus performed to that person so that the person can be just and be made righteous, so that God can be just by satisfying the debt He paid it on your behalf. That is what Jesus Christ did for sinners. Now, here's the question, and you're not going to offend anybody: Is that true or false? Uh, what you just said—that's true. All right. I mean, so. From what, I, from what I know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's. That was big of you to say that,
3: right? I mean, not really. I just kinda agreed with what you what you said. Are you just patronizing me? Uh, no. <laughs> not at all. I mean I, it just honestly, man, like you were talking for a long time and your worries were big, so I kinda lost you with that.
2: I'm so I'm sorry for that. You're good, you're good. <laughs> all right. You're a criminal. You've got it you've got a find to pay. Jesus paid it for you. Uh-huh. That's true or false? For me? No. Okay, so it's it's false. So that, that didn't happen. Jesus didn't die on a cross for sinners. Uh, not for me. Well, you're, I think you're kind of reverting back to, like, your belief making it true or not. Okay, my belief does not make the garbage can God. Yeah,
3: but are you saying, like, he died on a cross and then, like, there's documentation for that? Well, the documentation is the Bible. The Bible? Well, I mean... <laughs> the Bible talks a lot of crazy things like what so does I mean every every religious text talks crazy you know what I'm saying with stories that you just think are not even like real sometimes
2: yeah I I, I understand how you would think that but if God created the universe he can do miracles right
3: Sure but like you know to me it's not really what the stories like are about it's more like what the like more of the story is you know what i'm saying like i don't really necessarily look at like oh this man brought like hella animals on his ship and then like you know what i'm saying what moses story right like but it's it's more of just like you know you got to read between the lines all right but like all right well tash
2: you've been very generous with your time i just dumped a whole lot of stuff on you right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, well you know that's good then all right yeah, so we sure. we we depart friends If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues, (laughs) please call Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, Teladocs, Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash Wretched, MediShare.com slash Wretched, where every day is Enrollment Day at MediShare.
4: Hey, hey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to Wretched Radio today. Your support means the world to us. We take our responsibility seriously and we're accountable to our gospel partners. And as such, we're members in good standing with the ECFA and undergo an annual audit to ensure we remain good stewards with the funds entrusted to us. We promise we are diligent in our stewardship of your generous gifts and we ensure every penny is put to good use. So if you've donated to us in the past, we thank you. From the bottom of our heart, and would also like to ask you to take the next step in becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. That is only if you're not currently in debt and you're giving to your local church. If those things are taken care of, then would you prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? And you might have questions about what it might look like in your life for that to happen. We've got answers. Ratchet.org/donate is where you can find those answers. Ratchet, amazing grace, amazing gospel.
2: So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally, well then, we'll let Paul Washer
4: convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised.
2: Would you please join TMAI? By the Master's Academy International in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor wretched.org slash pastor. Thank
0: you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. <laughs> know your reformers. Jan Hus, a Czech priest, was inspired by the writings of John Whitcliffe to preach against papal excess and false doctrines such as transubstantiation. Even as he was burned at the stake by the Catholic Church, he continued to preach the gospel and sing the psalms. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Which
2: comes first? Faith or thinking. This is Wretched Radio. It seems that good thinking must precede good believing. You gotta get the facts straight before you can believe correctly. That seems to be the way that it is, but that is not the way the Bible describes it. And I believe the young man you're about to meet proves that. An individual must have their believing changed before their thinking can be improved case in point meet Peyton. those programs that run the computer i'm going to try to persuade you nobody wrote them they all happen by themselves you ready you can try all right well it's taken billions of years but a bunch of materials got together a lot of time a lot of chance but they got together in just the right order to convey the right information to communicate to the computer I believe that computer programs happen all by themselves. Do you think I'm right or wrong? Incorrect. How come you think I'm wrong? Well, we can see people programming. I'll go a step further. I don't need to see anybody program it. I know that it's programmed because it's intelligent information in a correct order, rightly designed, communicating to somebody that can understand the information, and that had to come from somebody who's intelligent.
5: Yes. Right. Who
2: do you think made the universe, Peyton? Um, I don't think there's any way to answer that question. How's about nothing created everything? It got together over the course of billions of years. It just happened, all of the intelligence that we see, just luck, time, chance, it happened by itself. Right, wrong, or incorrect? I'd say that's right, it's just chance. Now wait a second, you just told me a computer
5: program didn't write itself, but you're telling me this took care of itself? I guess, yeah, I can see where the discrepancy is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it's chance. Okay, but how's about we can at least conclude there has to be somebody who made it? Yeah, something. Intelligent. Intelligent, sure. How's about God? I don't know. It had to be something. I guess you would call it God. Something created
2: because we see intelligence ordered, Mm -hmm. and there had to be somebody to communicate that intelligence and order it and design it just like a computer program. Otherwise, there'd be really nothing. I guess so. I think we've got agreement. Mm -hmm. There is a God. Mm -hmm. Fair enough? We can use that term, yeah. Now the question is, who might that God be? I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. I think there's a creator because there's a creation. I think the creation tells us a limited number of things about the creator. He's big, he's powerful, he's creative, he's artistic, he's just. I believe that God is defined best in the Bible.
5: Mm, No. Mm, Why? Because you're just saying he's a just God, yes? He Uh created everything, yes? So why are there like so much so much bad stuff in the world? That's a great question. I'll give it a go. But I want to ask you a question about that badness.
2: Do you think you're a bad person? No. Can I test you on that? Sure. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. How many? A lot. So if I told a lot of lies, what would you call me? You're going to give me a name. You know that I tell a lot of lies. Liar. Uh-huh. Stolen anything. Yes. So I'm sitting next to a? Stealer. If you're from Pittsburgh, otherwise you are a thief. Oh, a thief. Right. <laughs> I get All right. it. All right, this is going to get a little personal, you don't have to answer. All right. You ever looked at a woman with lust? Indeed. All right. Have you ever murdered anybody? Yes. No, I'm just playing. No. Have <laughs> <laughs> right. you ever been angry at somebody? Yes. Called somebody a foul name? Yes. Okay, so the desire really was murder. It was murder of the heart. It wasn't the act, but it was murder of the heart. Mm-hmm. Has God always been first in Peyton's life? No. I think I just gave you about five commandments, five laws, and it turns out you profess that you're a lying, thieving, <laughs> adulterous murderer at heart who doesn't love his God. <laughs> yes. So we've determined Peyton maybe isn't a good person, but Peyton is a lawbreaker. He, he might be. So let, let's, let's just keep focusing on Peyton for a moment. Let's just say Peyton. Mm-hmm. We don't want this to happen today, but right. it, could. it could. Lightning strikes, takes out Peyton. Right. You die, you are brought into the presence of God, mm-hmm. who is the just judge of all the world. Yeah. And God opens up the books on Peyton. Mm-hmm. And he knows everything you've done in darkness, everything that you've looked at on the internet you shouldn't have, mm-hmm. the way that you maybe treated your siblings, disrespected your parents, mm-hmm everything is brought into the light Mm -hmm. would God find Peyton innocent or
5: guilty hmm I would say guilty of all those things so yeah guilty for sure all right so if God is just and he doesn't just turn
2: a blind eye to justice and say well but you know what Peyton he studied computer science he's a (laughs) nice young man I'm gonna let him go he can't do that because that's not just yeah should God send you to heaven or hell
5: in my opinion I think heaven so a judge should let a criminal live in a mansion. See, but it's different. Cause God like created everything. He created me, he knew what I was gonna do, you know? So well, I'm he, glad we've got man, agreement he, on that. Look, he created, I'm not saying I think that, <laughs> that's what happened. But in this case, God created me and he knew what was gonna happen. So he created me just to like sin. So like, why would you put me in hell for doing what you told me to do? He didn't tell you to sin. He didn't tell me to sin, but he knew everything that was gonna happen. He knew yeah, what was right. sin, he created me. Do you have kids? Uh, Not, not yet. No. Someday you will. When your kid
2: sins, who's responsible for the sin? You or the child? It depends on the situation. I think your child is 20 and and speeds down highway 85. you going to get a ticket. No, I'm not getting a ticket. You're not responsible for the behavior of your children. God is not responsible for our behavior. We are. Yes, that's true. So heaven or
5: hell for Peyton? I'm still going to say heaven. Why now? i just feel like i do like more good than bad you know i've done bad things but a lot of it was out of ignorance you know let's give it a go in an earthly court system which i don't think is quite as
2: just as god's but nevertheless Mm -hmm. let's just say your next door neighbor killed 10 people and burned down five houses he stands before the judge and says judge i know i'm guilty but i've done some good stuff What's the judge going to say? He's going to put him in jail. <laughs> yeah, it really, our goodness has nothing to do with our crimes, right? I guess, yes. All right, so you're guilty. That excuse is gone. Heaven or hell. Round three. <laughs> I guess I'm going in. <laughs> well, okay. I'm glad we have agreement on that, too. <laughs> okay. You're a hoot. All right. So, Peyton, it makes sense. If if we're guilty before God, right. that's the right thing for him to do, correct?
5: Mm-hmm. That's true.
2: Did you ever go to church as a kid? Yes. What did God do so Peyton doesn't have to go to hell? He died on the cross for our sins. That's good news. Right. So you, a guilty criminal, can be set free because Jesus satisfied God's judgment and wrath on your behalf? Yes. That sounds like good news to me. It
5: does. Here's the question, though. Is it true? I don't think we can answer that question. Why not? It's impossible. You have to die to understand, to, to know. Well, unless
2: you read the historical account and the teachings of Jesus Christ himself and the eyewitness accounts of him dying on a cross and rising from the dead,
5: we can either trust that or not. Yeah, you can either trust it or not. And I think it's like a big game of telephone. Everybody's like, I saw that happen. Oh, I saw that happen too. And it's just like, you know, kind of gets inflated. Yeah. I kind of think that's what happens. You know, okay, there's a field of study called textual
2: criticism, mm-hmm. right? These are really smart people in dusty buildings who look at books from antiquity, mm-hmm. and they've got standards and criteria for determining if a book is accurate. So Caesar's Gallic Wars, Homer's Iliad, they they can determine, are the books that we have today mm-hmm. the same as what was written at the time of the author? Mm-hmm. It's called textual criticism. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what... Textual critics agree whether they are Christian or not, the number one most authenticated, accurate book in antiquity is the Bible, hands down. Mm. We know that the words of the Bible that we have in the 21st century are exactly the words that were written 2,000
5: years ago. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean it's true, mm-hmm. but that kind of disqualifies the whole telephone. I didn't mean it in that sense. Like, the telephone thing is like, what if they saw it happen but they didn't write the book as soon as it happened they wrote it later on and who's to say what they were writing was even what really happened what if they just wanted to keep something going those are fair questions but you said that it's a two thousand year old book so
2: who can know if it's right well textual critics say it is right it is accurate but we're confronted then with the question is it truth so here's what we got jesus said i'm the truth it's not an abstract concept. He embodies truth because he is truth. He doesn't write the standard for truth and then try to attain it. Mm-hmm. He is it. He's the bar. So Jesus is either your God, your Savior, the truth, or he's not. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You got hopefully a long life in front of you, but this day, sitting on this concrete, mm-hmm. you're presented with the truth. Yes. Right. And this is not to like twist your arm and coerce you. Mm -hmm. This is a good offer for you, Mm -hmm. that your Maker is willing to forgive you because He loves you Mm -hmm. despite your rejection of Him, despite your rebellion against Him. He says, I love the world, I love sinners, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to forgive them if they will repent, Mm -hmm. turn from their sins, put their trust in Jesus Christ. Slate not only wiped clean, Mm -hmm. so not just forgiven of your crimes, but all the righteousness of Jesus, that gets credited to your account. So in other words, you give Jesus your rap sheet, he gives you his resume. Mm. You can be seen as the righteousness of God in Christ. I personally think that that is the most important and best offer you'll ever hear. Mm -hmm. So, Peyton, you are a very nice young man. (laughs) I'm going to leave, but I'm just going to ask you, would you please consider what I've shared with you today? Because if it's not true, you don't have a worry in the world. But if it is true, you're on that ACDC highway to hell, and God wants to get you off and forgive you. Will you at least consider these claims? Yeah, I'll consider it. For sure, I'll consider it. Do you have a Bible? Yes, you do. You've got a phone in your hand. Yeah, I have a Bible. Maybe crack it open, and before you put your head on your pillow, think about these things, because I would hate for you to die and go to hell. I'd hate for you to not be in a right relationship with your maker and enjoy everlasting life. Fair enough? That's fair enough,
4: yeah. All
2: right, man. Thanks.
4: And it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start in Ohio, a somber day for the sanctity of life in that state. As you've likely heard by now, voters approved an amendment effectively legalizing abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. The amendment, while seemingly pro-life at first glance, had unfortunate wording that actually prohibits any restrictions on the act. And by declaring neutrality on abortion, the amendment opens the door to unlimited access and gives the green light to abortion on demand which obviously is a big win for big abortion they frame this as keeping politics out of personal health care choices but that's exactly what this was a political move and though we are disappointed as pro-life americans today the battle rages on we have to continue advocating for the voiceless in other news the department of justice attorney is facing a bit of scrutiny for alleged ethics violations in a local school board race Mia Simon ran for a seat on the Loudoun County School Board in Virginia while failing to take a leave of absence from her DOJ role. A congressman accused her of unlawfully engaging in partisan politics as a federal employee. Simon eventually lost the race, but the dust on this one has yet to settle. Of course, there are larger controversies surrounding Loudoun County. You've heard this talk about them quite a bit over the last couple of years, from critical race theory to transgender policies and a lot more. And frankly, we need way more concerned parents getting involved in the Loudoun County School Board and all school boards for that matter, not unethical government bureaucrats. Shifting focus, a private university in Florida recently took a stand for integrity by banning a pro-Palestinian student group. Florida International University prohibited the group Students for Justice in Palestine, citing its alignment with known terrorist organization Hamas. University officials said they could not, quote, knowingly allow any student organization to glorify terrorism. And good for them for doing it, because we are living in an age right now where private educational institutions are not taking much of a stand, unless it's against Christians. So this can be seen in a positive light. In global news, Pakistan announced plans to expel over 1.5 million Afghan refugees in the coming months. Why? Well, they cited terrorism concerns as the reasons for the mass deportation. Pakistan has long hosted Afghan refugees fleeing conflict, but officials say militants are now exploiting that hospitality. Only registered refugees will be allowed to remain in the country. A stern stance that reflects a growing impatience in Pakistan, maybe? I don't know. Pakistan's a confusing country to me. I've been there and still don't really understand how they make their decisions. But that's not for me to decide. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Books of the Bible. Acts is a second volume of the Gospel according to Luke. It begins with the ascension of Christ and covers the first 30 years of the early church. Acts is about the sovereignty of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the preaching of the Word as early Christians seek to spread the gospel from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Maybe, just maybe,
2: this could be an evangelistic tactic that works... For you, this is Wretched Radio, out to the University of Georgia we go to do a bit of an experiment. You see, I wanted to kind of play around with an idea to perhaps position the bad news of the gospel with some information that would perhaps keep people from being so argumentative. And I got the idea from Blaise Pascal. He was the fellow who was pondering why so many people are becoming atheists. Now, this this goes back centuries, and he was trying to noodle, why is it that so many people aren't following in the faith? And he came up with a musing, which he never fully fleshed out. What if we present God in such a way that he becomes so amazing, people will just wish that he actually existed, and then we demonstrate that he does? Because that's how amazing God is. He is the greatest thing that we can imagine. So I decided to take that idea, to go out to a campus, and position my presentation of the gospel in that way. Can I tell you this is something you should do every time? Absolutely not. Might it be something that is helpful for you? Perhaps. Why? Because when I did this, I did not encounter anybody who got really snarky. Doesn't mean that it's some sort of Teflon way to present the gospel. But I will say it did help the conversation go smoothly. So what you're about to hear is a conversation that I had with a young man from Ireland who went to a Catholic school, who was told by a priest, why don't you just become an agnostic? Yeah, not kidding. I presented the gospel by framing it with, what if? What if God were like this? Would you want to know that God? I gave it a go. You're going to eavesdrop, and then you can determine, hmm, is that something you can use or not? Prepare to meet Tiernan. All right, so this is is Thea the Pooch, and you are originally from Ireland. Yes, sir. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you a question. This is this is this is just a bit of a thought experiment. All right? I want to start with with the, with the concept of God. All right? All right. Do you have any sort of imagination about what you think God is? I do. Um, I actually, in Ireland, most schools are Catholic,
1: just based off of everyone being Catholic and the culture there. So I grew up in an environment where we were really religious, like on Fridays in school we would actually go to mass and across the street there was a church and when I came here my parents put us in like private Catholic schools and, and throughout the semester I asked a lot of questions and I got a lot of good answers and I got a lot of iffy answers and I wasn't sure what to think. And I kind of was just trying to figure it out for myself at that point, like all the help with the church or the school, we had like priests and stuff in the school and all the religion teachers, I would ask them anything I could, anytime I had a question and they all loved that I was so like involved with it and trying to figure it out. But Mr. Eaglen, my teacher for apologetics senior year, he told me at the end of the year, I think it might be a good idea for you to take a few years and just be agnostic. I think it would be a good idea for you to explore other faiths. And if this one isn't working for you, who's to say that we're the right one? And Everyone has the right to believe what they believe. Everything has their own background and their own origins. So I think you should go and explore. So that's what I've been doing, but my family is predominantly Irish Catholic. So I do go to church and I do kinda, I do still believe in a God. I'm just not
2: sure to what degree or what sense. Tiernan, right? All right. Tiernan, what was the big thing that you were stumbling over? It was more of like how
1: they would view the scriptures. It, it wasn't like the stories it seemed like the what they were the way they were taking away certain things it, it almost seemed like they were doing it to pick and choose to make make it look better rather than how it actually went and I just I was kind of concerned with that and I kind of felt like it was uh, of course it was like. This is how religion is. Like you do, just have to believe. You have to believe that it's all. It was all done in this good faith, and it was. That's what faith is. Like you just have to believe it was done for the betterment of humanity, and that
2: this was actually how it was, and this is what God gave gave down to us. But what? Okay, so for instance, in the Bible, what would what was the thing that was troubling you, or what behavior or what story was causing you consternation?
1: I don't know if it was a story per se. I think it was just the modern catholic church i think with like media and i was very involved like keeping up with all of it and the way i just saw it evolve and the way i saw like how catholics were and and, like how they were viewed by the world and how they have such a heavy influence in the world like pope francis is one of the only non-like world leaders that is regarded as a world leader people listen to him people actually like have events with him and like i understand he's the head of the biggest church in the world but it it kind of seemed to me like church and state separation of church and state and like they it seemed like somewhere along the way they felt that the religion would die out or would not die out but wouldn't be as strong if they couldn't root the ties to those like the the state to make sure people were following laws and all that and it got ended up getting to a point to me where i started to believe myself that i'm not sure if it was all done out of god or if this guy jesus was just A really good guy like a guy who preached to the people and back then like it was rougher times like it was different times people like a lot of things were just easier murder was you walk over the next town stab someone walk away and that's it so it was just that the the moral structure that they built was i thought it was really great and i I do still live my life by that i'd live my life by the morals of the catholic church definitely but in my opinion i just believe that they kind of went too
2: far with their their reach if if there were a God that would be willing to wipe your slate clean. So all the bad stuff that you've put out, he's willing to completely forgive. What if there were a God who was willing to take any feelings of shame that you might have for doing those things, whatever it was, public, private, and he can make that go away. What if there were a God that was willing to actually give you hope? Not just like this was a pretty good day, but a hope that there is something transcendent, something bigger, something better in the future. More meaningful. More meaningful. More lofty than just this. And that's my. I guess, reason for not shying away
1: from religion as a whole. And like I said, I'm not I'm not against Catholicism. I like let me let me let me
2: finish my thought experiment on you. All right. Okay, that's right. What if this God could give you purpose in your life? In other words, when you wake up in the morning, there's a reason to get up. And if this God could remove that fear that we all tend to have that if we were to die today, that it might not go well for us in the afterlife if there were an entity in the universe that could do all of that because he is good and he is kind and he is loving and he's willing to deal with all of those problems for you would that god be of interest to you tiernan yes he would and he still is in
1: my opinion i do i do think it is like the whole idea of it to me is just something that a lot of people like I said, I went to Catholic schools all my life, and a lot of people genuinely mm-hmm. still find it great. Like my younger brother, he's a soccer player at Belmont Abbey, and
2: he's the most religious person I know. And then let me let me keep reasoning with you just a bit, mm-hmm. all right? You, you, and if you don't feel like tagging along, you just stop me, all right? Okay. I think that sense that we have inside of our brain that promotes feelings like guilt and shame and a fear of dying, I think we're hardwired for that.
1: I think I, I
2: could see that. And I think that we have that sense inside of us because it was built into us as an alarm mechanism to warn us, there's danger ahead. There is, I look around, I see the creation, I intuitively know there's a creator. I have this sense of justice and I realize I have not put out good things. I've done bad things either verbally or or physically even in my mind I've got this sense this is this is shameful I'm guilty and I'm gonna have to pay a price for this I think that comes from your maker because you're made in his image and he gave you that conscience so that you could understand that you need forgiveness you can't pay for your own bad karma if you, you, you can't do a guilty criminal can't just erase his debt by walking a little old lady across the street justice must be satisfied god knowing that you can't satisfy that justice yourself to demonstrate his kindness and his love for you sent his son jesus christ to take on human flesh to represent us to be just like us in that he had a human body but he was fully god he never did those, be- he never generated anything that would be bad karma. He always did what was right, always be- always behaved, always did what he should be doing, always loved the way that he was supposed to, never lusted, never lied, never dishonored his parents. He was fulfilling all righteousness. He went to a cross where he was hung, beaten, bruised for you, for your iniquities. God was pouring out his wrath on his son, on your behalf so that you could be forgiven, so that your guilt could be removed, your shame could be erased, you wouldn't have to fear death anymore because he conquered death by rising from the dead, and you can be in a right relationship with that God. If that's true, Tiernan, would you want to be in a relationship with that deity? That's right. Gonna leave it right there a good old-fashioned radio cliffhanger prepare to hear tiernan's response does my positioning of the gospel in this way yield any sort of positive fruit when we return on wretched radio you'll hear yeah and no it doesn't next on wretched radio I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, $1, that's it. The kid comes, they get treats, per month.
4: All right. Well, buckle up. Get ready. Road Trip to Truth season four is back. Host John Favara is also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Reem is joining him on the road trip to truth for season four. And this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth, season four, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms
2: be In the womb, when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. slash wretched. slash wretched.
0: Attributes of God. Can God make a rock so big he cannot lift it? God is all-powerful. He created the universe and everything in it, and nothing can thwart his will. So the question of the rock is nonsensical. It does not expose a problem with God, but with the thinking of the one asking the question, and they will one day have to answer to the omnipotent God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Let's get back out to Georgia State University. If and you recall, tried to position the gospel with Tiernan. If this were all really, really true, isn't this amazing? Wouldn't you want to know the God who died for sinners? Prepare to hear Tiernan's answer as you go about the business of determining hmm, is this something I could utilize in a witness encounter? God was pouring out his wrath on his son on your behalf so that you could be forgiven so that your guilt could be removed your shame could be erased you wouldn't have to fear death anymore because he conquered death by rising from the dead and you can be in a right relationship with that god if that's true tiernan would you want to be in a relationship with that deity I would yeah but the 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 words that you use there if that's true is what I'm trying to find fair out. enough that's very fair all right so let's now see if we can jump over the if all right so tell me what would be your big objection now if you can as best you can Tiernan forget about your Roman Catholic past just you sitting here on this stoop what what is it that would keep you from being in a right relationship with that God I would actually
1: cite the state of the world right now, the state of humanity. The way things are, you look around like the news. I'm, I'm in a, I'm a finance major, and I read the news all the time. I invest in stocks. I'm, when I first started when I was 12, like, I genuinely became depressed for a little bit. I had to go get like psychological help because, and they told me to limit my
2: intake of the news. They told me it's not. bad out there. Okay. Now let's, now let's see. Let's see. That's your hurdle. That's a hurdle. You maybe have more, but let's just see if the Christian worldview can explain that hurdle. All right. Because I don't think Buddhism can. And I don't think Hinduism can. But I think Christianity can. Go back to Genesis. You remember God created the world. And what did he say after each day that he created the world? It was... Do you remember? It was good, and it was good. And when he finished, he said, "It is very good." So God creates this beautiful planet with lovely things to enjoy. Then what did man do immediately in the garden? God said, "Don't eat of that tree. Don't eat the fruit." What did we do? We ate the fruit. What was the consequence? We lost our paradise. We lost our or our It's like eternal life, our clean souls. That's it. There's your explanation. We see beauty because God made the place. We see evil because. We, we brought it on ourselves, and there's a curse on this planet. So we see remnants of beauty, and yet we see terrible things happening. And I think that's the only worldview that harmonizes those two things that we observe that
1: is actually something i have in all my years never been told and that is a really good explanation that is a
2: really good argument for it now these other these other religions i don't think that it's foolish to take a look at them to see are they true but i would just challenge you tiernan as you think these things through, you are a smart guy do they answer questions like why do i see good why do i see evil how do these religions deal with my guilt problem i can't shake it What do i do with my shame how do they get rid of the shame how do they deal with my fear of death how do they give me transcendent purpose beyond what i'm currently doing i don't think any other religion can answer all of those questions in a harmonious way now some of them might be able to answer one of them but if they if they try to answer all of them you put them together they're not going to stand stand up right i think christianity harmoniously explains what we observe and what we experience, and it takes care of all of those issues for you. So, let me leave you with this, Tiernan. You're thinking about stuff a lot. But my friend, if you can't think of a major reason to surrender to Jesus Christ, uh, I would suggest then today would be the day of salvation. You don't put it off. Because if what I'm explaining to you is true, it's not just an urgency because if you die, you'll go to hell, although that's true. But if you remember my premise, this God is good. This God is kind. He's willing to rescue you from yourself. He's willing to now take you, forgive you, bring you into a right relationship with you. And then the Bible says that he starts to do a work on our emotions on our thinking kind of rewires our brains. You've mentioned emotional and perhaps needing, I think you said some some help in the past with these issues, some psychological help. God is your psychological helper. The reason that your brain struggles goes back to that garden again because of the fall. the noetic effect of the fall it's a theological term which means we're under the curse everything groans because of the curse including us that's why our bodies fall apart and ache that's why we don't think right brains just aren't wired right god is now going to take your brain and rewire it and connect it to the right circuits rather than having a wrong version of the world. He's gonna give you the right version of the way things are and he's going to cause you to start thinking more and more in alignment with him because he is reality. So Tiernan, that's what God offers you today. Forgiveness of sins. You can be in a relationship with your maker. Shame gone, your past erased. The everlasting life is ahead of you and he'll start helping you make sense of this life. And you'll increasingly go beyond anxiety and depression into a different realm. Peace and joy that surpasses your current understanding. He wants to give you life abundantly, not wealth, not perfect physical healing. He wants you to live rightly because you're living the way that he wants you to live so that's the offer of the gospel of jesus christ so this 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 is just a pleading with you to think this through urgently i know you have been but this is the best offer ever for you would you at least ponder that
1: today i will actually and i, I really like that analogy used of the rewiring the brain because that like that makes sense that clicks almost perfectly the rewiring of the brain it seems like those toxic thoughts that a lot of my friends who aren't in religion, that like the things that they have and the things that the way they view the world, it seems like the people that are in, like my little brother, for example, is a really good example. He just, he's never down. He gets down, of course, when like he doesn't meet a goal of his or like gets a little upset, but like everyone does. But like in, in the grand scheme of things, he's a very happy person. And he, he rarely, he rarely sees trouble and rarely complains. And usually he just figures things out for himself and it always seems to work out for him. And I, and I, that analogy really clicks, and I, I actually think after this, I might, I might go back. I do actually think I might look into it, not go
2: back immediately. Of course, I would have to look back into it and start. Can I encourage something? Yeah. All right. You've got a Bible, right? I do have a Bible, yes. Right. I want you. I would like you to read the Gospel of Matthew. All right? And as you may, it's pretty long. Okay? It's the longest gospel yeah. there is. But it, it shows you the life of Jesus. And I want you to look for something. There's, there's a repeated theme. Jesus gave a Sermon on the Mount. You remember that. And he talked about, why are you worried? Why are you anxious? Look at the sparrows. God feeds them. Look at the lilies of the field, God clothes them, he makes them the beautiful things that they are. God takes care of them. Won't he take care of you, O you of little faith? And then we see stories throughout the Gospel of Matthew, where for instance, they're out and the disciples are out in the boat and the the storm is raging, and they're in a panic. Jesus is sound asleep, wakes up and he asks them, why are you worried, O you of little faith? Peter walking on water sinks and Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. He feeds thousands of people miraculously because he's God and he can do those things. And then the disciples are really worried because a big crowd of people are gathering and they don't think they can feed him. And he says, I just showed you miracle after miracle. Oh, you of little faith. What he's getting at with that, Tiernan, is when we're anxious about stuff, it's because we're believing in something very puny. We're probably believing in ourselves or our abilities or our skills or our money or our context, our looks, our humor. But God wants us to believe in him. And when we put our trust in the greatest entity in the universe, who is on our side, and he demonstrated by dying for you, you don't worry about anything else. Because your your biggest problem has been solved. The greatest entity of the universe is on your side. Believe him and your anxieties will dissipate. That's just one way that God will help you start to rethink about things and get things in order. Okay? So read the Gospel of Matthew. Watch for those stories and if as you are reading that you recognize this is the only true and living god so in other words the other systems are wrong then i would encourage you call out to him surrender the biblical term is repent you turn from your sins it's not that you become perfect but you don't want those anymore you want him you don't want you don't want to believe in god just because you don't have to go to hell you want to believe in God because He's been so kind to save you from hell. We should desire to be with this God, who is the best entity in the universe, and He'll save you and He'll forgive you. He'll adopt you into His family, and then He'll start to fix your emotions and your and your thinking progressively as you keep reading His Word. So, don't go to the Catholic Church. Go to the Bible. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will. I will look into that. I'll try that. That's something I have not tried. Did. Tiernan gets saved from my positioning of the gospel in a Blaise Pascal kind of way? Not on the spot. Perhaps he did afterwards. Don't know about that. So, no, somebody didn't get saved from that method, but perhaps, just maybe, that will be a a way of framing the gospel for you that might at least keep you from getting into some of the typical squabbles and maybe even antagonistic conversations that perhaps you have had in the past. Please remember... Your mileage may vary. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.